podcast. My name is Carlos Smith. Today's episode is sponsored by KD Coffee on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is available as well as a dining area. They open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Desserts in Lyman, South Carolina. If you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, this is the place for you. They have a wide variety of desserts, including cakes, ice cream, banana pudding, and my personal favorite, the Oreo cheesecake. They're open Tuesday to Saturday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., Sunday from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., and close on Monday. So stop by and visit Big Ben's Desserts on 297 Spartanburg Highway in Lyman, South Carolina, where nothing could be sweet. Today we're back on the road in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, for the Cross the Line Podcast, Self-Investment Tour. We have a very special guest with me today. She is the founder of Be The Buzz Agency, Miss Sarah Busby. How are you? I'm good. Very good. I appreciate you taking the time um, to sit down and have a conversation. So just telling people, letting people know, this is actually our first time actually meeting in person. person. You know, mm-hmm. we uh, I reached out was, was it last year, the year before that, um, about one of your clients. And... Um, some time had passed, and I remember you reached out to me on Instagram. You said, hey, just stay in touch and let me know about some other opportunities. So I said, okay, I got you. And uh, I knew I was getting ready to do another tour again this year. So I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Let me see if you will be able to come on and take some time to sit down and have a conversation. So I appreciate you for yeah. making time to come have a conversation Absolutely. with me. So it's good, always good. Because like I said, we, we're always down here a good bit anyway, just shooting interviews. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have you on. But just starting out. Um, I want to let you talk to the people, tell them, like, how long have you actually been in business with Be The Buzz Agency? Uh, so, um, this is actually our seventh, this month marks the seventh year. Wow. Um, originally, it was Be The Buzz PR, and then I rebranded last October and introduced it as Be The Buzz Agency. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like I, I've been here in Atlanta for five years, but I, I tell people uh, my business really didn't really start until about three years ago, because you know I, I, you know you dibble and dabble in things. You don't know right. what you're doing, and so, um, but yeah, I would say seven years in business, but really I got that major push like three years ago. What made you want to like switch from calling it Be the Buzz PR to Be the Buzz Agency? Like, yeah, good question. So I knew that uh, I wanted to make some to much needed changes, and I knew that to grow. And what my long-term vision was, was not to solely be the person that did everything, all the accounts and everything like that. So I knew I wanted a team and I wanted to be known for more than just PR. So Mm -hmm. we would introduce ourselves as, um, you know, that we offer different types of services. But when you hear the name, it's it's strictly PR. Mm -hmm. So um, I just rebranded and I started incorporating more services and more team members. And that's how it happened. So what made you decide to go? I guess you would still say this is pretty much like the media industry. Like, what made you decide to go, like, in this industry? So I went to school for it. I went to, um, my original passion was acting. Okay. And so I wanted to be this major actress that you see on the TV. And so um, I went to, um, it was a college day. And so when we really kind of, you know, found out how things worked in the acting industry, my mom was like, you need to find another career. And so I said, well, I really love to see the people sitting down you know, angering and stuff like that. So I got into, I was like interested in, I wanted to be in, in TV, like in front of the camera. Right. And so I went to school for it and um, I graduated in 2014. I, you know, was actually on air. I had a great internship. Um, and after I got out of college, I just, they wasn't checking for right. people like me <laughs> at that time. Um, um, and so I just had to create an opportunity for myself. So Man, I, I, I promise you, I see like our stories are already kind of yeah. similar already because I graduated in 2014 from, from USC Upstate. And, um, well, my major was information management. I picked up a minor in, in mass media. So that's when my senior year was kind of like when I got my internship. I waited to the last minute to get my internship. Mm-hmm. But that's when I started doing the broadcasting and I uh, had an opportunity to cover the Hornets, uh, NASCAR, cover the Panthers because they're like a little bit over an hour away from us mm-hmm. and kind of like your story like I couldn't find a job in my field so I was like you know what if y'all won't give me an opportunity then I'm, I'm gonna do it create, create my yeah. own so are you, are you originally from Atlanta or where are you originally from I'm originally from Mobile Alabama okay yep Alabama and, and how long have you been in Atlanta then? five years five years yeah so did you know like you needed to get away from home or yes 
<laughs> because my passion was broadcast and, you know, wanted to be in front of the big lights. And I had so many people tell me, they said, you, you got to get out of here. You got to. You can come back, but go to other markets and see how to really grow and develop and build those relationships. And home is always going to be here, but to, to really, you know, level up your career, you need to, you need to move. Yeah. I remember my professor, um, shout out Professor Madeline. I only had him for like one semester before I graduated. And he always told us, you know, if you're going to work in media, you got to be mobile. You got to be willing to, like, to move. Because yeah. he was, like, saying constantly on the go. Oh, yeah. Which I see that now because I'm – constantly on, on the, the road, go. going back and forth. But talk about um, your hometown, Mobile, Alabama. Um, what was life like um, in your town? Ooh, um, it's a it's a small community. Like, it's you know, it's small. It's grown so much. I, mm-hmm. When I go back home, I, I'm so proud of where it is, um, where it has come from. Um, super small. Um, I am a church kid, so mm-hmm. my parents were – in ministry um so i grew up went to a private school i get people still uh, joke on me because i went to private school um but back at home um part of a very structured um you know uh family unit uh, both parents um and when i was 12 i lost my father so really just kind of going through um just having a good support system my mother i had really strong good friends and family that we grew up with um, but home life was great. I, I, you know, a lot of my friendships are from when I grew up and then those that I, you know, gained across, along the way, like in college. But mm-hmm. home life was good. Mobile is a great place. What people don't know is, you know, is we're the home of the Mardi Gras. They don't like to give us our props, <laughs> but that's who we are. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the that's place where you want to go have a good time, eat some really good food. Yeah. I actually went to, well, we passed through um, Alabama when we went to, back in March, we went to New Orleans for my birthday and mm-hmm. we rolled through. That's the only time I was like, you know, I've, I've been to Alabama pretty much that way, but um, I would definitely like to go back again. I actually met a guy a couple of years ago. He was from, uh, oh man, I can't remember what part he was from. Um, it'll come to me later, but um, I was doing like a freelancing opportunity mm. for um, the Source Magazine. Uh, back two years ago with CIAA when it was in Charlotte mm-hmm. and I met them and they were um, from Alabama that was the only time um, yeah I remember um, doing an interview with him I mean having a conversation with him and so and we were talking about connecting and coming out that way but um talk about uh, your family a little bit you know growing up did you did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or, or were you kind of like the first one in your family to you know start that trend uh I like to call my dad uh, had an entrepreneur type of spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, he, outside of being in the military and um, you know serving a few tours in the military, he was a barber. He had his own barber shop, um, and he, you know, when he got to Alabama, he had his own church. And so, what people don't know or they don't think about is church. It's, it's a business. At the end of the day, unfortunately, you know. Um, you would think like, okay, that's my place to you know, worship. You don't, and, you don't say that around certain people. You say <laughs> I know. People, oh man, they be like, yeah. you know what I'm yeah. like. But <laughs> at the end of the day, bills got to be paid, and right. yeah. you know, now the way they've built church now, it's not where the, what it used to be when he was alive. It was, you know, yeah, you come lay your burdens down and have a good time, but now it's just churches are doing so many. They're offering their members so many different things, mm-hmm. like the marketplace and just arts and theater and things like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I was, I would say. He, I, I, and I tell my mom this all the time, I say, I wish he was here so he could tell me, like, what did you do? How did you do it? You know, I right. can only go off of the story that she tell me and what they went through. And, um, but I, that was, that's one person I, I really look up to, even though he's not here. Mm-hmm. What kind of, um, I, I always like to ask people, you know, you know, getting into that field is always interesting, but what, what about some of like the jobs that you worked previously? Like what kind of, was some of those jobs that you worked to um, kind of get to where you are? Whew. How long do we have? Do, do we have to be industry type of jobs? Uh, or anything. <laughs> I can tell you, I have a lot of jobs that man. has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. Oh, man. Um, man, I used to be a driver for budgets. I used okay. to be, oh, my gosh. I done worked almost every retail job, you know, you can think of. Um, man, I, I'm like, what have I done? Um I used to work for this uh, freight logistics, or I worked for a logistics company in Mobile, like 2015. Um, we did the um, 
uh, on the intermodal side. So kind of, you know, when the incoming containers come in. So I was doing that. Um, and it's so crazy because I represent individuals in logistics now. But um, And then what else did I do? I worked for a company on the uh, cash processing side. I've worked in so many different fields that has nothing to do with PR. It's so crazy because I'm like, look at all this experience I got and look at, you know, my resume and they want to check in, you know, they want to check in. So I got like a lot of admin type of jobs, but I didn't did everything. I was joking with a friend the other day and um, Atlanta has a lot of brand ambassador type gigs Mm -hmm. and we used to do that. Like we used to go and travel just to make a little change because, you know, back, back when we first, you know, moved up here, it was, it's it's expensive, especially when you're trying to, you know, Atlanta's a different type of market and now, shoot like it's crazy out here now you know in inflation but yeah we were trying to do anything right i'm gonna tell you about my uh i'm gonna tell you about my work experience as well but i want to tell when you talk about resumes and people not checking for you this is my view i don't tell me what you think i don't think a lot of these companies they actually like take the time to really look at these resumes because they have so much coming in my opinion this is why i haven't done a resume and uh, sent out a resume in so long because i feel like it's more about who you know or, or, or who knows you, um, as opposed to you know just sending out your resume. Because I was mm-hmm. like, man, when I when I finished, I was like, man, I I've, I've been sitting in front of the best athletes in the world. I know I'll be able to just find a job man, yeah. in my field. And I was like, just sending out my resume, and it was just time after time it was just like rejection, rejection. Yeah. You know? So I'm just, in my opinion, I don't know how much these companies really like look at these resumes. I mean, it's possible. I'm pretty sure some of them do, but for the most part, I think it's kind of like. They gonna find somebody that knows somebody or some kind of way they know you, and then that's what's gonna really kind of get you endorsed by those connections. Yeah, I I, I do think um, somebody speaking up for you and presenting the opportunity makes to the hiring uh, hiring person makes a, a major difference. Um, there's I can think of a internship back in Mobile. I knew the anchor. I got the internship. I had to do the interview, right. but I got the internship because of who who did it. Um, I've had some jobs where. Again, they I put their name down and, and it worked out. Mm-hmm. So that is very important. And then you know other jobs, I just I just got blessed and looked up and got it. Right. Um, but it's so key. It's so key it to really speak up on what you want. You want a job, you gotta open up your mouth and say, y'all, I'm looking for a job. Like, mm-hmm. I need a job X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I did that for for two of my interns. I had two internships. Uh, one of them I was I did one with Coach Cox with Cox Sports Broadcasting, and then. Um, the other one when I was a guest relations worker at the stadium for the Panthers. So for that one, I was just uh, helping people find the seats in the stadium. And what was crazy about that one was um, this lady came to my job and I saw some stickers on the back of her car or a sticker on the back of her car. And it was a Panther stick, a uh, decal or whatever. And I said, ma'am, you, um, so you, you're a fan of the Panthers? She said, yeah, my husband, he's over security for the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been there for about 25 years. He's getting ready to retire. And I said, okay, I'm just looking for an internship for school and she's like well I'll tell you what I'll um go talk to my husband see if he can find anything and I'll get back to you so I didn't really think nothing else ever because you know sometimes people tell you that do something and never get back to mm-hmm. you so next time she came back she um t- told me she said here take this number and give him a call and tell him that you spoke with uh Mr. Gene Brown he's no longer here now he passed away a few years about three four maybe longer than that about Four or five years ago, God rest his soul. But um, that man had never even seen me in his life. He was just going off the word of his wife. But when I called called the Panthers, um, left a voicemail. Next thing you know, they called me right back and they said we want to bring you in for an interview. Went up there for an interview. I was in the office maybe five minutes. Boom, they gave me a job. And they was like, we just value Mr. Brown. So anybody yep. that mentions um, that he mentioned, you know, we'll definitely take it in. So, so I say relationships, relationships. Are, are so important. So important. Yeah, that'll um. definitely take you a, a long way. But speaking of uh, work experience, I want to tell you some of mine. It was, uh, I remember working high school. I worked, uh, I worked at Buffalo Seafood. Um, I also worked at, uh, I worked at Buffalo Seafood. I worked at. Adidas plant. I worked. Uh, that was in college. I worked at Adidas. I worked at Toys R Us. I worked at Sam's Club. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, I worked so many jobs. I remember working at Adidas, making like eight dollars an hour, working twelve hour shifts over the summertime. Yeah. And I, for a while, I just I worked at FedEx after college. <laughs> Even after you know covering sports and interviewing the best players in the world, 
And that's when I had kind of like a moment like, man, how did I even get here? Like, I was just in front of the best athletes in the world, and now I'm throwing boxes on the back of a truck. Right. And, man, with stuff like that, man, it just – it can it, it can be humbling and it'll make you feel like man where am i even you know going in life because it's so many t- twists and turns and you think mm-hmm. you know like i said after college you think you're just gonna find a job that's gonna uh in your field but it's so many of us after college where we had a hard time finding stuff in our in our field so yeah that's why i said i definitely understand where you come from which like that's why i said we i can relate to you know you know working in the media graduating and trying mm-hmm. to find a job in your field and it's just like one door after another um shuts and you basically right. you just had to create right. your own so what was that moment for you where you felt like what, you, what made you realize um entrepreneurship was kind of like the route for you so at the time i i didn't really know that those words or those terms i wasn't even hearing about entrepreneurship i right. just was just told my friend i always you know i tell this story she was up here first and she was, you know, dealing with not really finding a good job or um, she wanted to really kind of get into PR. And she's like, say, we should just do our own thing. And we didn't say entrepreneur. We was like, we should do our own thing. Right. And so, um, but what really clicked to me that this was um, entrepreneurship was for me, I would say um, a few years ago being here, just really being around in Atlanta, there's, there's so much, uh, there's a lot of black excellence. There's a lot of so many people are doing different things. And to anybody that's listening, you know, there is so many opportunities to make money. But then, it, you know, people say, well, you know, it's overly saturated. Everybody's doing lash. Everybody's doing. But they're not They're not you. They're not doing. You know, you can get your own clients. You right. can. It's so many people here, you know. And it just takes strategy and just, you know, um, dibbling, dabbling in different things, but you you will eventually find your way here. And I, I started to notice, like, man, there's just so many opportunities here. It's countless. Shoot, even from the jobs. Like, I'm like, I could do this. I would work at one point, like, five jobs up here to just make it. <laughs> so, you know, you could just go about, you could just go about that. Like, if there's so many jobs opportunities, then it has to be, you know, an opportunity for me to, you know, succeed. So, that's when I knew is when I got up here. I, I like to ask entrepreneurs as well because I, I noticed, like, uh, for the most part, most of the entrepreneurs that I interview, wherever they have their businesses at, they're not necessarily from that that town or whatever. They actually leave from home and uproot and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's, um, like, a key part of being an entrepreneur? I'm not saying that you can't make it where you're from, but for the most part, a lot of people seem like they find themselves when they uproot, leave home, and then they're, having to, you know, meet new people and change up, have a change of scene. Do you feel like that's a key part of entrepreneurship? Um, It's a key part to be flexible mm-hmm. is what I'll say. It's a very key part to be flexible because, you know, it's a lot of entrepreneurs that either their family, you know, pass things on to them or they just, because of their upbringing, it just was a easier um, path not say easier, but it was just a more maybe streamlined path for them to kind of stay rooted where they are. Mm -hmm. But in entrepreneurship, you do have to be flexible um, and to grow and to see outside of Atlanta or our Mobile or Texas. It's so good to have connections in. If you're from Houston, have connections in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying, and have connections in Tennessee. Like, man, that just makes you so more valuable to whoever you serve. And one thing I've learned too, and what I mean by being flexible in entrepreneurship is that what you may start, what you may have started five years ago, doesn't mean you're going to do that in year six. You may, you evolve as a person. So if you just stay stagnant where you are. Oh no, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to do this. Shoot. Educate yourself, you know, add on more services, take off more services, add on more products. You know, you may say I'm a product based business, but what if, you know, the pandemic has taught us that we can teach. So you may be mm-hmm. a teacher at heart, you know, you may can take what you've learned. So the biggest thing in entrepreneurship is to be flexible and to be open, mm-hmm. you know, so that's and what I would say. I noticed you said something about you and your friend and talk about starting a business. How many people do you actually, do you have like working with you? Oh, my team. Ooh, if people ask me that, I'll be like, how many I got? It's about a good strong eight of us. Okay. A good strong eight. And was it, how, how do you like sell your vision to to, to people um, that you want to come join because, of course, you, you can't expect them to see what you see because it's your vision, but how do you get them to buy into joining your team? 
Oh, um, so I've done, I've reached out, you know, um, but a lot of, a lot of people have seen or have noticed things that I'm doing mm-hmm. or I'll get referral. Like I'll, you know, ask like, Hey, I'm looking for this. I like guess, you know, we're looking now for content creators, anybody that's listening, mm-hmm. um, content creators, um, because those are the things that, that drive my business. Um, you know, photographers, videographers, like those that we partner with. And so a lot of times I'll make a post or, um, I'll speak to someone or I'll talk to somebody. I know one of my I have a few, well, all my entire team is strong, but um, I know a few people that I like, hey, this is what I'm working on. This is what I'm doing, and you have a skill set that I need. (laughs) And so that's how the conversation happens. And so we've been able to create buzz, as I like to call it, Mm -hmm. together. So So talk a little bit about um, the very beginning. Um, Well, let me ask you this first. I remember you posted – even after an eventful year, I'm paraphrasing one of your posts. It said, even after an eventful year, you didn't feel valued or appreciated. You prayed to God and said there must be more, and he kind of forced your hand and, and made you leave your job. Uh, I want you to elaborate a little bit about, like, what you were kind of, like, going through at that moment. Oh, man. I'm trying to think. What, what post was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I was going through, let's see, it was about, we're coming up to two years I was working um, a job that I've been working for three years. It was part-time. I moved up here for a full-time job in a, a relationship, and um, they didn't work out at all. The mm-hmm. relationship ended first, and then the job ended uh, three months after I had moved into my apartment. And boy, was I scared when I'm, you know, because I had just moved up here. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, God had blessed, and I got this, this part-time job. And this part-time job I kept all the way until September 2020. And I would tell some of my friends and my prayer partners, I was like, man, I tell y'all, I, I know I'm doing entrepreneurship or whatever, but this job is so safe. It's so safe for me, this and that. Mm-hmm. But he, God fixed it up where that I had to leave the job. Like some, my hand was like forced. Like it's like he shined this pretty, like this, how this is so pretty. He shined this pretty <laughs> object in that job. And mm-hmm. it was just like, when I took it, it was like, oh, heck no, this is not what I right. want. They flat, they put more money in my face. All this, oh, it's easier. We know you got a business. You can do this. After that year, I just felt super unappreciated and not valued and just the type of what I was doing in business and who I was encountering and things like that. And then we were also in a pandemic. If I, if I remember when that post was made, mm-hmm. I think it was around, we were in a pandemic. And so a lot of times entrepreneurship, you give, 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 because mm-hmm. you want to give quality service, you want to give quality products. And it's sometimes just not enough, you know, and it's hard, especially when you're a person like myself, you want to please, obviously, you want to please Absolutely. your client. You want to please the customer. And so, you know, when you find out that things are not working or they they internally don't like certain things and they, you know, maybe their attitudes are different, you're just like, man. So at the, at the end, not only did he force my hand away from the job and push me into full-time entrepreneurship because I was, like, begging and screaming, like, nope, I can't do it. It's a security for me on the side, you know, in case I lose right. clients. Um I just, it was just a lot. But after a break, I came back ready to, to get to it. So so after you, you know, take that leap of faith and you jump and you go all in on um, your business, what was it like in the very beginning, you know, being on your own and feeling like, okay, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. What was what were those beginning days like? Well, one, I was waking up late. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you can't do no business right. waking up late. Like, you can't do that. That's lazy. Um, oh man, it was hard because when I when I quit the job or you know left the job, whatever, um, I was going into fourth quarter, and fourth mm-hmm. quarter is a slower time. Um, a lot of times, um, for it it can be, and so that was a, a very slow time. Usually, you know, in our industry. Um, you know, second and third quarter, like, booming. Because it's festival, festivals, it's events, there's so much going on. And I, I was like, dang, like, we getting into, you know, holiday season. So it was it was tough. Like, I was not getting, like, I was reaching out. I wasn't getting responses. Like, people were pushing our calls to the first of the year. Like, mm. our budget, it was, it was very tough. I thought I had made the worst decision ever. And I had learned, I tell people, like, you gotta you gotta find this out of your business whenever you're starting. When is your 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 peak seasons? When are the slower seasons? And you won't know it until you go through it. Mm-hmm. And so I knew from then. I said, okay, 
you got to prepare for your slower season. Even talking to like colleagues in the field, they was like, hey, you, you, this is a slower season for us. It's things start winding down. It's holiday season. You know, you got to prepare for that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was tough. It was like really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you say was some of those mentors for you that you, or did you have any mentors that you could kind of go to for guidance and lean on for like advice, you know, as you were on your journey? Um, so at the time I was, um, she's my friend. I call her at that time, you know, my mentor, her name is Tina. Um, I had some publicist colleagues uh, I would, I would talk to. I remember, um, if, if Candace Nicole is uh, hearing this, um, that, that was a publicist we would talk and we're, you know, friends to this day. Um, but a few, a few friends, um, I, I have a friend uh, in Houston, she's a publicist. So I would, you know, talk and share and I still do like, I, you know, share different things with them and, and we just kind of bounce different, just think we encourage each other because we're in the same industry. So we go through similar things and just being there is so key. Like not only having a mentor, because that's so important, but having people in your field, mm-hmm. like doing what you do to talk to you that genuinely, you know, really want to help you or give you resources. I got a friend, I remember um, she's another publicist. Shout out to um, Reagan. But I remember uh, it was August 2020, and she just was just so giving. She didn't know me like that. Like right. she was just giving. She gave me opportunity. I worked with her, and just hey girl, whatever you need, let me know. And she connected me to my other friends. So it's it's so I tell people like make sure you open up your mouth, you make yourself available, but pray like really think that think on connecting with people that are in the same field as you. Wow, that's so so important. And um uh, like those like I was saying, like a lot of those relationships um can take you a long way. And sometimes, you know, I tell people, man, don't don't get into it for the money because if you focus on strictly money, you never know what kind of great opportunities that you're gonna miss out on. Exactly. If you that's all you worried about, man, when I when I got into this field, like I wasn't making any money, even though I wanted to, like I was struggling, but I would just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna do it for this experience, and um, and it took me a long way. Brought me a very long way. Even this building today that we're sitting in, um, Coach Cox connected me with Marcus. Shout out to Marcus. He was the one who allowed us to use the building today. Yeah. But uh, he connected me with Marcus, and uh, I wasn't looking for anything in return. Just wanted an opportunity. He connected me with Marcus, and that's been about seven years ago. And ever since then, you know, he opened up more and more opportunities for me. And um, he was like, hey. We're going to this place or this place. We went to Florida. Um, we went to um, did some stuff in our area. Came down here to do some events with him. Um, went to Tennessee with him. But he just opened up a lot of opportunities for me. And that was just me, you know, nice. just wanting to get my foot in the door. So it's like don't always focus on the money. Mm-hmm. Um, just those relationships are way more valuable way than money. Way more. Whew. But a lot of times some people, you know, focus on that instant yeah. return. And uh, You need relationships. Yeah. Like, Point blank period. What skills would you say, um, just from like your previous work experience, did you use to kind of like carry over into um, your field now? Um, good question. Um, what did I use? Um, a customer service mm-hmm. learning. Um, you know, it was a post. It was a meme the other day that says, um, "When you walk into a room, you got you supposed to speak to everybody." Mm-hmm. Yes, customer service, like making sure that you are giving or, you know, making sure that whatever problems or concerns that they currently have, that you take out the time to really acknowledge those concerns and make sure that, you know, they're not just a number that they are being considered or their thoughts are being considered, especially if they're paying you for a service. Like, they Mm -hmm. matter. Um, Let's see, what else? Um, Attention to detail. So, like, we would, um, you know, in in media especially, um, internships and Working, um, I would do, like I said, side projects and things like that. In my earlier years, I used to work for companies, and you had to make sure that what you was writing down, what you were saying was right, and that is so key in PR and in branding is that you have a very strong attention to detail. It may mm-hmm. sound like, you know, I've had interns, and I said, look, I know I'm probably getting on y'all's nerves, but I need y'all to double, triple, and then double triple check and then send it to me and then (laughs) let me get the final eyes because you know you are saying or you're doing something on behalf of somebody that's trusting you for their reputation so you got to be important you got to you know uh, make sure that you keep that top of mind and a lot of the organization skills that I would have to have when I was working for that logistics company 
man, like I was responsible for making sure that the containers came in on time. They wasn't, you know, staying at the port because those, you know, cost the customer fees and stuff. So like being organized and writing stuff down and having sick, you know, I, I took all those skills attention to detail, being organized, speaking up. Um, you know, when you're in media, I, even my interns, I would say, I said, I'll go around the table and be like, okay, so what's your idea or what you got? They know from an internship, you got to speak up. Cause when I was in, when I was an intern, I even, even no, even though that I'm not a main reporter, they was, the producer would say, all right, so what story you got today? Sometimes they would use my idea and sometimes they wouldn't, mm-hmm. but you could not come to the table with no ideas. Like for what, you know? So those are things that I learned to be bold, to speak up, even though my chest may stop like, Oh my gosh, I'm nervous. Um, but yeah. So, yeah, yeah I definitely attention to detail. Um, actually, um, discipline, like you got to have the discipline. And even yeah. I tell people, man, even if you don't like your job, it's always something that you can learn from whatever you're doing that you can take and use it. So, like, like the discipline, like, for me, just getting up early in the morning, being on time. Yeah. Um, like, you, like you were saying, attention to detail, you know, you, you need to have all this stuff correct, and if you, especially if you're going to have your own business because, of course, people make mistakes. Nobody's perfect, but if you're just constantly making these mistakes or you're – the quality of whatever you're doing is not right. Eventually, people are not going to even, they're going to quit coming to you. And you don't want people to badmouth your business. So you definitely want to make sure you mm-hmm. have discipline, attention to detail, um, like customer service. It's, I'm, I'm so big on that now. Like, when I was younger, growing up, like, I wouldn't care because, like, man, I'm just here to just get something out of the store, and I, it don't matter. But now, as I get old, I want to say, like, I'm old. I'm, I just turned 30 a few months ago. <laughs> but uh, just... Customer service is so big to me now, man, because if, if I go somewhere and people are rude and stuff, man, I, I can't, I don't really, you know, I won't post it like, hey, don't go here, but if somebody asks me personally, like, what I think about it, then I'm like, nah, my experience wasn't too good there. So I don't really put a, a business on blast. I just tell people, like, personally that I know, like, right, I, right. I, it's not up to, I wouldn't recommend it. But it just customer service, man. How you treat people is mm-hmm. so much more important. It's so key. Because even if your quality is not where it should be, because they like you as a person, and they see you making that effort, these people might come back again just to support you to try to help you get to where you are. So that's why that stuff is is so um, important. Right. Um, I want to talk to you about. Um, I asked you earlier about getting uh, people to buy into your company and uh, and invest, believe in you and join your team. So I'm going to ask you about the other side. How do you get your clients to, um, how do you sell your clients to get them to believe in what you can um, do for them? Um, So one of the things that um, I love about what we do is that we're transparent. And um, sometimes we, well, all of our clients, we do a lot of hand-holding in those first few months. And because a lot of times business owners know they need a service but they don't fully understand the capacity of what you do, mm-hmm. but they know the results that you bring and they know that they need it. They know they need your service. They know they just can't do it. And so what the trust that we build is that we want to not, not only do we want to over explain, we want to make you feel as comfortable as possible. So we want to make sure that you feel like, okay, you can ask us questions. You can, you know, if there's any, you know, uh, confusion or anything that you're not confident on or aware of, you know, mm-hmm. give us a call, set up, let's set up a meeting, let's clarify and just really just, it's a nurturing process. Right. Uh, you know, for service-based businesses, I'm not saying the baby, your client, not at all, but there should be some sort of nurturing in those first few weeks um, so that they can feel comfortable so that, because mm-hmm. you are what, I don't know, you know, everybody's business is different, but they are, Spending when you're in business and you pay someone to do, they pay some pay uh, someone to do a service that they really could do. That you know you really could do your own brand. You could set up the camera and take your own headshots and mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. You know they're they're making a sacrifice. You know we're business owners, so imagine the sacrifice that it takes to hire someone to do your ads or hire someone to do your mm-hmm. social media. That's a sacrifice for mm-hmm. you. And so I I don't take it lightly. I tell the team like. They're paying for X, Y, and Z. We said we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We got to do it, and we got to go above and beyond. Because, like you said, even if we do make mistakes, they will say at the end of the day, they checked in on me. They, you know, they 
they, you know, they nurtured me throughout that process. They, they made me feel like I wasn't just a number. Mm-hmm. Like I, they, I, I made them feel like they really a part of the Buzz family. We call them, you know, bu- you know, Buzz family. Welcome to the Hive or things like that. So, though, mm-hmm. that's so key, and I think that's one of the things that I'm, I'm happy about. I'm proud of is that they, they can, they can feel comfortable Still. to text or call Still. me. How do you manage like? all those different personalities um, with all those different clients? Is it hard to maintain? Because, you know, some people may need more time than other individuals. So how do you manage all of that, you know, dealing with these different personalities? Are we being honest? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is a everyday struggle. And if Mm -hmm. they hear me, they know, some of them know who they are. (laughs) They are a, it's an everyday um, uh, battle. But, um, I mean, I'm a people's person, so um, to be in business, um, you don't have to be no extrovert, but you definitely got to be a person. Um, uh-oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> you definitely got to be a uh, person that cares about um, people. And so, um, man, I mean, I just, I, I will say this. It's kind of like how you treat your friends. Like, you categorize your friends in a way to where, okay, this my gossiping friend is my you know it's my introvert friend she don't like to go out you know she like to be at home um this my party friend where like we can't we gotta watch her because she's over there taking shots like we have to you know carry her out the club you know something like that like every friend has a personality and so all of my clients i will say um have great personalities but they definitely are you have we have to make sure that we streamline certain behaviors and certain things to cater to their need because everybody doesn't matter if they refer somebody or they refer another client to us they're all different they're all different what about i want to talk about like some mistakes because i know a lot of times you look on social media now everybody's just post like it's like wins like nobody has any makes any mistakes there's no Mm -hmm. failures Talk a little bit about some of the mistakes that you kind of made early on um, as an entrepreneur and, and with um, your business. Oh, man. Um, what were some of the mistakes? I could I shoot. I'm still making mistakes. I was like, whew, <laughs> Lord. Um, some of the mistakes that I made, um, man, not over – that's a good one – over-promising. So, like, I would – you know, try to, oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this. And then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it'd be like, it would come back on me and it would be like, shoot, what I get myself into. So for anyone that's listening, really make sure you can really do the job and deliver because over-promising only one stresses you out, not saying you can't do it, um, or it puts you in a position where you have to do damage control later, apologize, um, those, that was one thing, um, not setting my business up properly. Um, that was one thing that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a solopreneur, you can do things, you know, you can be just by yourself, but there's just certain things you just really gotta take care of those, the fundamentals of business. Um, mm-hmm. man, what else are the mistakes that I made? Not having systems in place, mm-hmm. like, Okay, an email, like, you know, emailing people. I had started with a Gmail. Hey, stop doing that. Stop mm-hmm. <laughs> stop doing at Gmail. You need to have a real business na- uh, email. I'm um, glad you told me that because that's what I, like, that's all <laughs> I use. I'm like, hey, I just use my regular email. But when I send send out my email, I, oh, I made sure I add, like, a link to my website so you know Right, so you can see, like, yeah, legit, you can see so, it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad you said it, though, so now yeah, get I know. You, it's like, I think it's, like, free or $6 or anything. Like, yeah, get that, need, you know, yeah. make it official. Um, but, um, yeah, not having systems in place. Um, I had some clients in the early, in the beginning, you know, you saying you a firm, you know, I was by myself. You saying you a firm, but you... You don't have... They could t- people can tell when you don't really have your stuff together. Mm-hmm. And so... Again, you know, you're going to do business, you're going to do ser- you know, service-based business uh, like myself. Make sure you have a system and a process in place. Because clients be tracking that. They be like, they so unorganized. Why mm-hmm. Why they email me from this? Why they, you know. So those were some of the things that I didn't do right. Mm-hmm. Do's and don'ts as a publicist or people who might want to get in your field. I know you kind of talk about some of your mistakes, but if you have some do's and don'ts, um, what would some of those be? Ooh, hmm. 
So you want to be a publicist. Um, do self-educate yourself. Do um, take classes and learn. Do intern. Um, intern, 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 intern. And learn how to really do the job. Um, we look like... Publicists look like we just live in life and we at events, we at parties mm -hmm. or whatever the case is. Um, but there's a lot of work before you get to the events and it's a lot of work after you after you do the event. Um, let's see, do um, really, you know, manage your reputation in a way because, you know, what you are and what you do and how you act is what you will attract. Mm -hmm. um, so make sure that you are surrounded um, you know, a, around different people that you want to get business with. Um, what should you not do as a publicist? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, man. Um, be mindful that journalists are people too. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you are, this goes back to like point number one, build relationships. They are people too. You don't want to blackball yourself. So make sure right. you focus on building a relationship with a journalist and really learn the skill of writing and pitching. Make sure that you present yourself as a as value to them and as a resource. Or if something is not a fit or you don't have anything going on at the time, offer, now we getting back out now. You don't have to do virtual coffee chats now. Like, hey, you know, let's have dinner. Let's have lunch. I did that before the pandemic. And me and one of my friends, she's in radio, like, we are still friends to this day. I said, hey, let's do lunch. You know, that's what I did very heavy in 2019, like building relationships mm -hmm. with people in media. Um, because why? That Those are, media is the heartbeat a lot, uh, obviously, of, of PR, of publicists. Um, what else should you not do? I'm trying to think. Mm. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> you got me well, stumped. It's, 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 it's good information, though, for people that, that, that want to get into this field because, like I say, it's so important to treat people with respect. I remember I was watching an interview um, a few months back, and it was a lady. She was like that. She did. I think she was doing HR for Netflix um, some year, years back. And she said sometimes it's not about um, who you know. She said it's about who knows what you know. And if these people know that you bring value and you're a good person and you add value, then they're going to reach out to you and, you know, keep you in the loop when things are going on. That's why I'm saying it all, all. I feel like all of this still comes back mm -hmm. to, you know, building those relationships, building those relationships. And, and treating people with respect. Because if you, like I said, you don't want to blackball yourself and people ask about you and they say, nah, this person, I wouldn't mess with them because they they got some issues. You don't want to put yourself in that in that position to where you, and you can't get any opportunity to right. find yourself um out of that field right um i want to ask you something else um i saw another you actually shared this um posted this in your story uh maybe yeah it was either yesterday or the day before that you said something along the lines of having a publicist is not the same as having a marketing team can you talk about like the the difference <laughs> yes so a lot of people share that all right so for those that are listening so a marketing team they primarily focus on sales. Like they are the ones that say, okay, we've got to set these margins, set these goals, and they want to, you want to see a ROI at the end of the day. Um, and in marketing, in a marketing plan, there should be checkpoints or marks where, okay, um, of advertising budgets that you mm -hmm. allocate for your your business or your event or your products and things of that nature, you are, you know, marketing is also like collateral that you are, you know, purchasing or spending like the banners and, oh, this is part of my marketing budget or my ads, like my ads part of my marketing budget. Like that team is focusing on, yes, brand awareness, you know, getting the message out. That's true. But they're doing it in a, in a way to gain sales, gain attraction, gain customers. Um, PR, we focus on publicity. We focus on brand awareness. So we focus on, you know, press placement, uh, publicity opportunities. Um, brand awareness can come in ways of, you know, we get an opportunity, you know, I don't know, um, at an award show. And we get you a, a spot or a seat in the room um, because of our connections. What is that doing? That is putting you in a space of, like, uh, not excuse me, not advertising, but putting you in a space for you to 
market yourself, you know, uh, a brand opportunity for you to be in a room around potential clients, potential customers, and potential connections. And that's, you know, a form of what a publicity team does. But our mm-hmm. goal is always to get you press, earn placement where someone says, like, yourself, yeah, I love that story, Sarah. Like, I would love to have them on my podcast. Boom, earn placement. You know, your your podcast is, you know, so many people hear it. We put you in a position to gain media awareness in front of audiences that don't know who you are but have heard your heard your brand story and say, Oh man, I need to I need to purchase a product from them. I need to you know, I need to connect with them, I need to see what they're doing. Um, so those are two different things. And I, I will say this, um, for publicists or those that are new to PR and you come on to events and you do things, one of the things I ask is because then I learned this in my earlier years. Some people will look at PR teams or publicists to get people in the seats and get sales, and that is not that is that is not. We want to we want to get brand exposure for you. We want people to um, buy your product, and it happens a lot of times. You get feature feature on a um, a listicle. Uh, we call it listicles um, for the holidays. Yeah, they're like, dang, I'm gonna support this black business. I'm gonna buy all that stuff. Yeah, that that does do that, but. You need a marketing team to market your event. You need a street team, possibly. You know, you need mm-hmm. brand ambassadors. That is marketing. So, right. yeah. Do you, speaking about getting them in uh, placements, I know you've seen you have um, clients that you had at Forbes, uh, Entrepreneur, Essence, or Yahoo. Um, do you, is that something you have to worry about, you know, um, as opposed, I know we talked about managing their personality. Is it something you have to worry about? It's like, hey, I need to get this person out here more exposure or, or this other client, they need more exposure. Is that something you have to worry about as well? Or cause um, you, I know you don't want them. I know they don't, you don't want your clients to feel like, well, she's spending more time with this client as opposed to spending time with me and getting me out there. Is that something you have to be mindful I, of? Yeah, we all have to be mindful of um, that. And, but that's also in the beginning, especially for those that are, that are new is managing Expectation. That was something. That was a piece of advice that I've heard. Um, I know from a, a few of my PR friends that says, make sure that you you manage those expectations. You manage from the beginning. Okay, you need to focus on. Let's focus on your story mm-hmm. because what people don't know is that I can pitch something. I'm I'm pitching ahead, so it's June. I'm already pitching August, September type of type of content. Mm-hmm. Besides of what I'm already focusing on now, so what they don't understand is, I may pitch you in month one, but month three I'm getting all these hits because it takes that amount of time sometimes to get a responses or hey you know it, it's June it's June uh, what's you know 16th uh, June 15th right now um, but my earliest availability for an interview is July 19th okay well mm-hmm. we in month two now so now we about to be in month three okay by the time the story published it's gonna be month four so right. it takes a lot of time so managing those expectations from the beginning that is something that you know we all think about at some time like man I'm not you know we're not getting much hit for this client but it you know on the back end I just posted three interviews for this client but what they don't know is that it took some time took a build up right so yeah I was gonna say because a lot of times they might not even see like the behind the scenes stuff that that you got to go through on on your side to you know kind of help them yeah they don't understand and and speaking of like you were saying trying to get you you're playing in the head and this is for me as well like how important is like having like a schedule and attention to detail and you know just having everything laid out um like just as far as like the schedule and like how important is like as an entrepreneur and publisher anybody just just trying to build something like how important is like having like a routine or like a set schedule yeah um it's it's important um so that it can at least give you some freedom and time back i think um, it was a time where I would do all, I would take consultations at all times a week and all different times of time. You can only do a consultation with me two days out the week, just because, okay. um, I try to plan my consultations and my, uh, meetings on certain days of the week. Now, obviously, you know, with current clients, sometimes you just can't manage that, but consultations, um, I started limiting, okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, money is going to be um, gather my thoughts and do a strong admin day and a strong systems day and 
um, look at the numbers and, you know, or, you know, follow if I have an event on the weekend. Let me recap things on Monday. Monday's always that crazy day. Then Tuesday through Thursday, strong pitching days, strong research days. Um, and then I manage my meetings. So it's, you got to really figure out. And again, you, you'll only know this as you continue to grow in business. You got to figure out what works for you. But that schedule, I write everything in a planner. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't send me a calendar invite, it's not on my my schedule. That's another thing. You, you, you told me make sure I send it on the, the calendar, which I do. Yes. Which I did that, but I'm like, you know, sometimes I just try to keep stuff in my memory. I have, God, don't like, I know, know. Like, I know I got this interview lined up. I'm going this day or whatever. I knew I would have missed it. I would have. If yeah. it didn't remind me, like... Or it wasn't on my calendar, but I I had already written it down anyway. Mm-hmm. But still, you get going through the hustle and bustle of running a business, managing a team, things popping up, and you're like, oh shoot, I got a podcast interview at four. It's three o'clock. I just got a call. Like, come on, you know. So right. yeah, it's just it's so key. I'm reading a book now um, by Brian Tracy called Eat That Frog, and uh, it's basically just talking about you know killing procrastination. You know. You know, it's called you did frog because it's it's basically about like attacking the biggest thing. He's, he he causes he says eat the biggest and the ugliest frog, meaning like the toughest task throughout the day, get that one knocked out first because you don't want to keep putting it off and then you still got to deal with it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I always deal with those. Um, and then he also he always talked about you know having like a set schedule, like even like the the day before or or like on Sunday when you got to plan your week ahead. Just make a list of the tasks that you need to get done and just, you know, have, like, a set schedule and attack the, the most important things first. So, that's what I said. For me, that I know I need to, you know, continue to work on, like, scheduling and stuff because, like, I'll, I'll reach out to people and I know I have it done, but, like, as far as, like, I need to put it on my calendar. Mm-hmm. I just write stuff down and then I'm, I just try to keep it in my mind. Like, <laughs> okay, I know I got to go here on this day and this got to be there at this time. But scheduling, I feel like, definitely is, like, an important part of um, as an entrepreneur. Um, we're almost done. I got a few more questions. Yeah. Um, I appreciate this conversation. Um, far as your daily routine, like, what are some things that you like to do, you know, to kind of, like, maintain? and Because uh, I know you have a, a busy schedule. You have to, to provide and serve so many people. Like, what are some things that you like to do is, like, as far as your main, um, your routine is, like, kind of just to maintain and, and keep your peace? Oh, oh, man. No day is the same. Um, so my – uh, regimen is I gotta start up I gotta you know pray have my, my, my moment um, I ain't gonna lie I do mess up and check my phone <laughs> I check my mm. phone and see what, what's popping what's going on um, but I fix my coffee I fix my breakfast I sometimes will turn on uh, you know always watching the news seeing what's going on watching the news kind of just mm. really just collect my thoughts um, check my planner or I, what I do like to do is I look at what I didn't complete the, the day before mm-hmm. and I write a new to-do list of things that I need to accomplish. And so how I know I'm being productive, I'm, I'm knocking it down. So I, I that's how I do my stuff. Um, and so um, it just kind of depends on what wasn't done the day before. If I know I have something coming up, um, and I'm, you know, in that pitching mode because I have to, for those that are listening that want to do PR, I got to be in a pitching zone. Like, I got to focus in. I got to write. And when I do, um, it's just like a writer. Like, when they have, like, writer's block, mm-hmm. like, they're like, shoot, I got to stop. I got to go get some inspiration. Like, right. I've got to be in that zone. And when I am, I, sometimes I get some yeses, sometimes crickets, and then I do my follow-up game. My follow-up game is strong. And sometimes we, we make it magic, like, yeah, I want to do this. Mm. Or, you know, no, I'm not hearing anything. So, really, I just, it just really depends on, again, what my regimen is, um, which is, like I, I tell people, Tuesday to Thursdays, like my my strong pitching day, strong working days, Monday admin, trying to catch up from the weekend. Um, sometimes it's, it's a strong pitching day, too. It just depends on what I'm doing. And then Friday is like, I'm finishing up things. I'm following up, or I may have an event or something that night. So, just kind of mm-hmm. depends. We all have those moments where we, it's it's like you know, being an entrepreneur is a tough journey. Um, it can be lonely at times, and sometimes you 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 have those moments where you you may question, like, am I doing the right thing? Is this really for me? Like, what do you do to like get through those tough days? Um, no, it's on, we are, we know it's only temporary, but what do you do to kind of like get through those moments where it's kind of tough? Um, I just remember the, uh, history of how far I've come Mm -hmm. and that 
you know, I had to, I'm a very optimistic, um, enthusiastic person. And so I do have my moments a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what, what really fuels me is that, okay, you've been down this road before you've been on a similar path and you're going to get passes. Um, this is your, this is what your passion is. This is, this is what your calling is. And so I really try to, I self-talk to myself and then also too, I do have a great community of those that I truly trust and that I can, that can be a sounding board and that will allow me to just vent. And so that really does help me a lot of times to like, you know, push me. Um, but lately what I have been doing is just really kind of just separating myself and collecting my thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. and really analyzing. I think we, um, in life and in business, we react in a certain way, um, off of emotion, and you really need to, you know, react in a way of a very sober, sound mind. Absolutely. Um, so that's that's really what I do. Yeah, because it's, it's I like I like to ask that question because we we go through so much and we take so much in, and um, I know for me, I actually it's crazy. I, I've done well over a hundred interviews now, and um, this is probably the only this is I think this is for me right now. This is the Third interview I've recorded all year, and it was, and it really, I, I never was gonna quit or anything like that. It was just, I just found myself like, uh, I remember my one of my biggest mentors being. I remember he said in our first interview, uh, sometimes you have to be in a space to receive the message, mm-hmm. and I just felt like uh, the last interview um, I did was, it was, uh, it was like in October of last year in Charlotte, and after that interview, I was just for some reason I just felt like I was just exhausted. Um, I just felt like I just needed a break because I had, uh, the very beginning of that year, I, I released my book and then I went on to, um, we did a self-investment tour right after that. And then I had a stretch where I went from, it was crazy. I, we went to, uh, went from Miami to California. Then we went to, uh, Vegas. And in between that time I interviewed the founder of Reebok. So I had all of that on me. And then it was just kind of like, for me, I just like, I really wasn't. I mean, I enjoyed what I do, but it was kind of like I was just trying to top one thing after another. Like, what's mm-hmm. next? What's next? What's next? How do I top this next? This go? How do I top this? And it got to a point where I was like, man, I was just spent. So for about five, four or five months, I didn't do anything. Like, I was just reading and I just prayed and I just wrote wrote in my, in my journal. But it was just like I was just – I didn't feel like I was in that yeah. space to, you know, do anything else. Right. So I had to step away from it, collect my thoughts. And then when I got back to it um, a couple months ago, I was finally, okay, now I feel like I'm you ready I'm ready again, you know, to, to fully embrace yeah. this journey again. So I'm back on the road again. But I think that's so important, you know, as an entrepreneur because I think sometimes you just, like, you got to grind, 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 grind. And, and it's like just to get to this level of success. And then when you see what everybody else is doing, you're like, man – that's where I want to be, so I need to keep working hard and just pushing yourself, but you still need to understand what's for you is for you, and, and God is going to have that time for you to, you know, be successful, and, you know, and when it, when, you, when it's your time, it's going to happen for you. But for a moment, I just felt like on my tough days, man, it was just like, okay, I just needed to just step away from this um, and just kind of, like, enjoy myself and spend more time with my family, and now I feel like I'm back in that place again. Right, right. Yeah, but it's definitely for me about, you know, being in that place of receiving a message. Um, just a couple more questions, and um, we're about to wrap it up. Um, for you, what advice would you have for anyone that wants to become an entrepreneur? Um, I would say really think about, ask yourself, it's just, are you really ready to make um, countless sacrifices? Right. Not just one but multiple, are you ready, you know, ask yourself, are you ready to not be about you, but be a, mm-hmm. be about other people? Um, because if you are in it for the money, I'm here to tell you <laughs> that it's, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. I would, I literally just told a friend before I got here, fast money just somehow goes super quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it feels good. But again, think about things that I've said throughout this podcast. It's like, what are you going to do in your slow season? What are you going to do when, like you said, you got to just, I'm depleted. I'm tired. Right. You know, right before I went on vacation, I'm like, I'm exhausted. I'm t- mm-hmm. I, I can't give no more. There's so much going on. You know, so when you say yes to this, I, I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do, and I'm, I'm ready. I'll do whatever it takes. 
keep that mindset and, and remember your why. Why did you get into this? You know, was it your kids? Are you trying to build a, you know, financial future for them? You know, are you, do you want to see your, you're not going to stop until you see your product on the shelves at Target. Like you got to keep going. And there are days or times where you have to sacrifice and say, no, I can't go or no, I can't. I can't do something or y'all, I really got to save or, Hey, it's a slow month right now because of X, Y, and Z. So when you're ready to rationalize with yourself to make uh, sacrifices, because unfortunately social media, I, we do it with our business, but it's such a facade. Everything is yeah, not is. what everybody says. Yeah. It is like, you don't have to wear the designer bag. You don't have to, you know, make sure you, you looking on point, but I'm not saying you got to do, you know, kick it with the joneses to look like the joneses like you can kick it with anyone just be yourself you know think about these people on tiktok like people have become famous off of being their selves exactly. so if you just be yourself you know everything else will come um so that would be you know my biggest advice um but the next thing would be Make sure you set up your business properly. Make mm-hmm. sure you do it the right way. And I'll say that everybody think, oh, you know, getting an LLC, you know, that's a start. But there's other things we got to do. There's a lot more to it. And, uh, again, you're going to start out probably doing things. You're going to be spending your own money. Mm-hmm. But it's as people will tell you, business is not set up for you to spend your own money. So really educate yourself and figure out how you can, you know, uh, get funding for your business. Just, all, just be educate like nothing is never it's always so sad i hate to say it but um it's not it's not enough where you are you got to keep going so like how can you level up how can you be the best how Mm -hmm. can you be knowledgeable how can you run your business not spend a dime you know just just all this type all all of that Mm -hmm. so that's that's very key and relationship is going to be 100 percent the number one thing that more than likely will keep you one of the ways to keep you maintaining and alive in business because you never know who you can call. You mm-hmm. never know what somebody will give you just because they just said, look, man, I believe in what you're doing. Like, girl, I, I believe what you're doing. You can come over here, you know, do and do this. I'm going to give you this $1,000. I know you need this or whatever. Right. So relationships are so key. So those are my, my three tips. You made me think of another question um, when you spoke about sacrifice. What would you say was one of the, the biggest sacrifices you had to make? In business, mm-hmm. um, so up here for those you know that listen, um, I had to. I was living by myself, and I was so just strained. Like I was financially strained. Um, I was trying to keep up, and I was trying to run my business and do certain things. I had to take a step back, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, how can I cut costs? And so. That was one of the things where I was like, okay, let me figure out how I can cut costs. So I got a roommate, and I just started doing different things differently financially to set myself up to, okay, when you get back on your feet, because you are putting more into your business or you are, you know, doing more things in marketing, um, just set yourself back up for a year or two or a year and a half or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. That was one of that was one of the sacrifices that I made. Um, I still do sacrifices now. I you know, having team members, they've got to be taken care of mm-hmm. first because um, you never want anyone to do anything for you for work and, you know, you you don't pay them. And so the sacrifice now is that, again, when I rebrand, I say, okay, I'm going to have an agency. I got to remember that you have people depending on you. Mm-hmm. You have people that are showing up for you. You got to show up for them. So you're going to always be very, you have to be, excuse me, very selfless. You know, so that was that was one thing I did. What advice would you give? um, Looking back on your journey, what would you get? What advice would you give to the younger Sarah? Mm. Dang, what would I do, girl? God got bigger stuff than what you tripping over. That's a fact. That's a fact. He got bigger stuff what you tripping over. I understand you tripping about moving, but it's a it's a reason why you should move. and yeah, you tripping over nothing right now. Like it's 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 trust me, like it's all worth it in the end. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I would say. Don't don't sweat the small don't thing. Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah, like I, stop all that. I swear, <laughs> and I swear I tell people all the time. I know people probably t- tired of me talking about it, but the guy that that, that that just changed my life was uh was Ben Hall. 
And that's one of the things he told me. He's like, man, don't. And it's one of the probably one of the most important interviews. That's like the blueprint of what I'm doing now. And he just, I remember him telling me um, before everything really changed. He was just like, man, don't sweat the small things because he said at the end of the day, everything is small. He's like, the things that we make a big deal out of, it's like really when you think about it, it's just really nothing at the end of the day. So we just we tend to make a big deal out of the things that really don't, in the grand scheme of things, when you think about just life and like your family and all that, some of the things we worry about is not even that big of a deal. Um, but this is my final question um, as we wrap it up. This is the Cross the Line Podcast Self-Investment Tour. So what I like to ask everybody um, at the end of the interview is, what does self-investment mean to you? Oh, man, self-investment means that I put myself first. I make myself a priority. That means that the deposit that I make into other people, other things, I'm putting that self back into me, mm-hmm. um, and that I care and I matter. Like I'm, I'm a priority. So that would be my self investment. Absolutely, Sarah. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me. Like I said, I'm glad we we stayed connected. We figured out the time to um, to sit down and have a conversation, man. This is like I said, relationships are important. And I told, like I said earlier, this is our first time actually sitting down having a conversation yeah. together. Like. Yeah. So this, so you guys get the first chance to see this. So I really appreciate you coming, taking the time. Um, like I, I enjoy being in Atlanta. The only thing I say all the time is, you know, just the traffic. Traffic. The traffic. That's, <laughs> the that's, traffic that's, is crazy. That's, that's the only thing. But see, right, right here, this area is not as bad. Like no cross, mm-hmm. no cross. It's not too bad. Um, it still can get crazy. Like right now, we're probably getting ready to leave soon. Uh, you know, the five o'clock traffic is. But other than that, though, man, I, I love the city, city of Atlanta. It's just like when you come down here, it's just like it's different. Like you see a lot of entrepreneurs or people working together to build something. So I, I love being down in this mm-hmm. area. Um, before we get out of here, can you please tell everyone how to find you yes. on social media? All right. So you can visit me on my website at be the buzz agency.com. So that's B T H E B U Z Z agency.com. And you can follow me on all social media platforms, Instagram at be the buzz agency. All right. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Also, I want to thank you again. Th- say thank you again to our sponsors. Uh, thank you to KB's car care. Thank you to big Ben's desserts. And also thank you to Charlene's home cooking on 1136 East Blackstock road in more South Carolina. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Marcus Burnett and our family at the SUV TV for allowing us to use the CBA Sports Facility today. So thank all you guys for, for the support. And hopefully everybody that watches this interview, hope you guys took something away from it. Hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, just keep chasing your dreams. This is the Cross the Line Podcast, Self-Investment Tour. Thank you for listening.